Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley, joined today by J.P. Tasty, Beardy, and Bevo. We're all here for your pleasure. Glad to be here. You're almost here. We're all ribbed We're all for close. your pleasure. <laughs> there you are, Tasty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Try to get you some volume there. Is it me? Does it sound like me? I'm getting impersonated. Sounds enough like you. All right, good. Yeah. Soundboard's working fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of gremlins in it lately. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's not ra- the beer that's been getting spilled in it. <laughs> no, it's not that. There was random Maybe wires unplugged and uh Really? Yeah. Oh no gremlins. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Plugging shit. Yeah. Like Tastes, unplugged. Tastes weird too. That's weird. Yeah, just unplugged. I don't know. Sabotage probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sabotage. Somebody amongst us. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Denny Kong is in right. here unplugging shit, so his <laughs> podcast will do better. Or Marshall from Brewlosophy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably Marshall. Run the video surveillance thing back. It, we got to check this it out. It probably is Marshall. Marshall's real short. Mm. He so he, under the desk. he doesn't even have to crawl. He can just walk <laughs> right under the desk. Yeah. He's probably doing a triangle test with all the cables. <laughs> the tiny unplugging man. Unplugging one yeah. out of three. I think he's there now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's a good time. And you know what I realized walking in here today? What? Uh, we've complained about it before, but the uh, the lights uh, in Toto Santos, yeah. like one, one day they change from like, because all the trees are, are lit up and whatever, like Christmas lights, but the white lights. Yeah. Um, they were like the weird LED lights for two years or super bright and like frost white, and now they're different. Oh. They're back to like a softer... They're still LED, but they're different and they're softer, and it looks really pleasant. Okay. I think they realize that the other ones look like trash. Yeah, they look terrible. So maybe that's, that's my... why the rent's going up and people are getting kicked out. <laughs> the rent is too damn high. <laughs> we are getting um, a friggin' Chipotle though oh, in right. Toto Santos. Right yeah. 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 yeah, saw that. Pretty excited about that. I'll that be honest, exciting. dude. It's yeah. worth the gamble. The gamble between getting salmonella or <laughs> yeah. a really filling bowl. I think it's. I think it's open even. Oh really? So, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought I saw, it looks like it's open. Oh, I saw people in it the other day. Man, I'm just in this one corner of Toto Santos, like the garage <laughs> to the studio, <laughs> right. and then back You're home, back. and then I'm gone, man. Yeah. I don't want the taco place. Now we're gonna have to it's decide true. which is better. Ooh. Oh, Chipotle, hands down, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. But Chipotle is oh. so giant all the time, so sometimes you just want a couple tacos. And True, yeah. I guess Chipotle does do that, too. I just I never go in there without ordering the giant thing. They do? Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, I guess, it, look, better for you, mm. that's, I guess, what I meant. But, okay. I mean, the, the, that place, the Al Pastor at the taco joint, oh, yeah. it's yeah. pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Not going to lie about it. Thank you for not lying. Mm-hmm. This Welcome. portion of JP brought to you today by Chipotle. <laughs> What's up, JP? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks to our sponsor, uh, the good folks over at More Beer. Don't forget to go thank them for bringing you this session. And, and More Beer wants to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from null locks varietals that don't contain the enzyme. Lipoxygenase, uh, which leads to trans 2 nonanol in beer, if you didn't know that, uh, which is responsible for those stale cardboard flavors. Head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. Check them out over there. On today's program, we've got Bale Breaker Brewing Company uh, out of uh, Yakima, Washington, on the program with us today. Great. The brewery uh, exists uh, apparently in the middle of a hop field, of a, oh, wow. a hop farm. Damn. Um, so I think that they, I think they've got the market cornered on fresh hops, <laughs> and they only do saisons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just cut the bind and just drag the bind right. through the right. oil, and it's fine. So I do think we're going to have our fair share of IPAs on today's program with the folks from Bale Breaker, and we'll get to them in just a few minutes, as we always do. Uh, a couple of announcements for you. Announcements brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company. Go to drinkdrakes.com and check it out. they got a lot of great beers. Uh, Black Robusto, Robust Porter, my favorite, 1500 Pale Ale. Got a new Pilsner out there that's been good. Uh, Draconic Imperial Stout. they got their Kickback India Pale Ale. Uh, all sorts of things. Go check them out at drinkdrakes.com. Drakes.com, and they're good people. Um, all right, so Spring Brews Festival, I've been telling you to save the date. Uh, it's Saturday, March 30th. Tickets are now on sale. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com and get your tickets. And uh, it sells out every year now, so I'd go get your tickets if I were you. Also, you save a little money if you get your tickets early. There, there are early bird and late bird tickets, and once I sell out of the early bird tickets, the price goes up. And they always sell out. So. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a cheap festival. 
festival. It's uh, you know at least uh, sixty breweries. We usually have oh, some. Just a great selection of, bre- of beers too. So yeah, great. some of the best beer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not our great hospitality. It's no, it's their beer. <laughs> it's their beer. Yeah. Uh, we usually have between sixty and sixty-five breweries, and you get uh, all unlimited tasting for forty bucks yeah. if you get your early ticket. So uh, I recommend you do that. It's a great. Uh, it goes to a great cause as well. The uh, the TSBA Association who puts on the summer music program here in Toto Santos and uh, also funds some local uh, youth music programs. So uh, get your tickets, help a good cause, go to thebrewingnetwork.com and get your Spring Brews Festival tickets happening March 30th. All right, and then as always, you should be supporting us in any way that you can. If you like this program, we'd appreciate it very much. You can do your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon link on our website. Uh, You can sign up and become a member of the BN Army, and for as little as $2 a month, you're entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is a chance to win 100 bucks to spend over at More Beer. You can subscribe to BYO Magazine, and we get a little piece of that action, and the same with the AHA. So uh, if you're looking to support the BN, do all those things. Go to the festival, buy merchandise from the website, and tell our sponsors that you love them for loving us. All right. Um, hmm. Get updates and images and all kinds of stuff over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. We love to hear from you and uh, do all of those things. Do we have a Twitter game today? We do, Justin. Figured we might. Uh, Twitter game is brought to you today by the American Homebrewers Association, a community of homebrewers and an essential source of brewing tips, recipes, and homebrewing culture. Visit homebrewersassociation.org and learn about all the best benefits of membership. What's our Twitter game? Well, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, it recently came out and caused a kerfuffle uh, that Netflix was recording the choices that you make while watching their new uh, Black Mirror movie. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see now? it, and I did not Remember? hear that controversy. But uh, of course yeah. they are. Like It's yeah. it's their yeah. com- it's their software doing it. I mean, did anybody think that that wouldn't, <laughs> isn't I, possible? I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't care. I'm, I'm fully aware that yeah. everybody's watching all the time. It, it doesn't bother me. But are people upset that that yeah, people, particular thing? Yeah, because they're, they're keeping their, the data on the choices that you make, and then they're going to use those to craft new quote adventures that makes sense to right me. i think so too but <laughs> people were mad the only thing i don't like about it is without you know without giving a spoiler alert here you know i, I don't want them knowing like which disastrous thing i i, I <laughs> wanted the guy to do right you know like, what i mean it, it would be different if they were if you could in six months download a psychological profile on yourself based on the choices yes that you made. now we're talking <laughs> that would be different yeah i could share it with my team of shrinks <laughs> uh, okay they have it already. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, well, it turns out we do that also. <laughs> what? what? Here, here at the BN? Yes. I'm we record. We keep, seems like a lot of work. We keep <laughs> your, the choices that you make and the things that you do while you're listening to the show. So mm. I want you to just let us know, be upfront and open about what sort of dirt do we have on you. Okay. You know? I like it. Yeah. Tell us what we already know. Yeah. yeah. Tell us okay. what we know about yeah, you. It, it will go easier that way if you just admit it. Yeah. That's we true. Won't, we won't publish yours. Yeah. That's how growth happens. Tell us when it right. Just confess. All right. Of course, the winner of our Twitter game gets a, a magical prize. Oh. That Bevo sends out every week, each and every week. Um, okay, how about some feedback? Let's do that. Let's do that. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Go to beerlawcenter.com and check it out. John takes care of our trademark, and he can do your brewery filings for you, too, and uh, take care of your trademarks. He's a good guy, uh, understands the beer industry very, very well, and uh, I highly recommend him over at beerlawcenter.com. 
All right, just a little bit in the feedback this week from uh, a gentleman by the name of Justin, as a matter of fact. Um, he's, no relation. It's a thank you email. He says, what up, my networks? Uh, first off, Doc, what gives? You've built up enough tension. Isn't it about time for the raging comeback appearance? You guys have had, uh, yeah, so I don't know if Doc's going to have a comeback appearance, but uh, I will pass the message along. Uh, you guys have had some great episodes recently, but it would be fun to get some someone back on the air that likes to drink a couple beers per hour. <laughs> would it, though? Actually, <laughs> listen to the last show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Humans were on. Yeah. yeah. He says, anyway, I thought, though, you'd get a kick out of my beer names in the KLCC Brewfest up here in Eugene. Are you ready for the names? <laughs> his Scottish 70 was called Beardy's Bifocals. Uh, his brute his right. yeah, IPA was called Tasty Low Hug. He's clearly a fan from the old days, too. His Belgian Blonde is called Tasty Crack Cans, which uh, used to be a wonderful song we play here on the BN. Oh, yeah. His Belgian Triple is called Touch the Felt, going way back into the archives for that one. Also a song. I don't even know that reference. Uh, you were around back then, but um, probably listening about as much as I do now. Crazy Jack. It was with his puppet, wasn't it? Yes, it? yes. And Doc would say "Touch the Felt," and then I think Push remixed it all into a song, probably, the yeah. "Touch the Felt" song. Oh, that's fun, awesome! Fun fact: uh, Taryn works with Crazy Jack's wife. Really? Yeah. Just so you know, is she <laughs> similar crazy. to <laughs> Crazy Jack? I don't know. I've never met her, okay. and neither Taryn hasn't met Crazy Jack. But she's like. Anyway, it was a whole weird thing. Yeah, understood. Uh, okay, uh, his Imperial Stout, which took first place, by the way, was called Bevo's Double Wide. <laughs> because I'm a winner. Current. <laughs> the Dark Mild, which took third place in the competition, was called Major Jip. There we go. Oh. And his Belgian Brett, yeah, his Belgian Pale with Brett took third place and was called DOTW, Drunk of the Week. I like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. He yeah. says, I'll send Bevo the blue ribbon because I owe it all to you guys. Wow. So. Hang in her double wide. Yeah. There you go. You can get your feedback right on the air as well by sending feedback over to feedback <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. Congratulations. Uh, wow. Quick question, Tasty. Did you try this year's Pliny the Younger? Oh. I'm sure you have. No, I have not. I'm embarrassed. Really? Oh. Okay. I didn't search it out. I didn't. Wow. I see. I didn't. Wow. Uh, I'm over that uh, chasing beer thing. What's going on? I'm Tasty over there. Oh, my fading? Man. Yeah. My fading? 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 My Somewhere, somewhere on his timeline is a younger him, yeah. <laughs> preventing yeah. him from interacting with this space and time, and he's fading away like back to the <laughs> Well, we got uh, younger. We got, I get a three-part series out of that. <laughs> we got younger here at the Hop Grenade, uh, um, d- yeah. doing a couple different events with it. But I just I bring it up because I thought it was fascinating that uh, so we're having our event for it, our public event next Sunday. Oh. We had uh, 200 tickets available. Mm-hmm. We're a pretty small tap room, you know, 200 people. 
Sold out in 14 minutes. Whoa. Sold out 200 tickets in 14 minutes. Wow. Which I just thought was insane. So much so, you know, that I had people emailing me at, at 215. We sent it out to our uh, Hop Grenade Army list. Um, and you have to be on the list to, to get the link, you know. And, yeah, people at 215 were like, hey, you know, the, the link didn't work. It says, no, t- you know, tickets not available. And I'm like, well, if you saw that it said tickets aren't available, then and the link worked. Right. You missed out by a minute. Like that's how fast. Wow. And that beer just continues to crush it that way. Breaking records. Do you think there's a gray market where people are buying a bunch of tickets to then resell? Mm-mm. No. No, I mean you could only we you, it's limit two per person. Oh, okay. Um, and no, no, we would have heard about that pretty quickly, I think. Oh. It's been sold out for days now and it's happening next weekend, but uh, yeah, those those whale beers are still yeah. pulling in the fans. No, I feel bad. I should be chasing. It's just crazy, and especially that one. Like that's been out for years, right? It's a double IPA or what is triple, it? A triple I IPA, think, yeah. like right? It's a quadruple. Half, I don't know. But yeah. it's. I mean, what is it? Two thousand five. Yeah, but it does do care about it still. It does. They do. It does change a little every year. I guess this year yeah. I heard it was uh, quite good. People really liking it, which is nice to hear because they got mm-hmm. that big new brewery yeah, so right. brewing yeah, it on a new system and, you know yeah. and, um, are, so are, do you know if they're making more of it like making more of it available they did make more of it available no. i don't think that uh new accounts got it mm-hmm. like newer accounts but older accounts like us got more of it hmm. than ever before so they did they spread the love uh, more among their existing accounts um, crazy so, God in fact, um, I'll give you a heads up. We got some in Fort Collins, Colorado at the Hop Grenade out there, too. And uh, the beer is in high demand there, but not so much that we have to do a, a private event for it. So if you're in the northern Colorado area and you want to try it, go to thehopgrenade.com and you'll see if it's on our tap list. And we got a, we got a few kegs of it, so Does we'll it probably the put them on. Often? Yeah, it oh, had it, it okay. had before. Uh, I don't know how exactly how many states, mm-hmm. um, but it goes to a, a few. Okay. Uh, however, Russian River had pulled out of Colorado entirely last year, um, oh. so all of last year we didn't get any Russian River beer, and now they're back, and we've got. Uh, pretty much Russian River beer on constantly at the Hop Grenade in Fort Collins. So, uh, so if you're looking to try uh, not just younger but uh, other other uh, Russian River beers, go to thehopgrenade.com and click on Fort Collins. You can check out our tap list there. So. Uh, anyway, I thought that was exciting stuff. Like that beer still just <laughs> that's crazy, man. It's like, like it's like concert tickets. That, you know, that's not as I mean, it's not the biggest number of tickets, two hundred, but it's still just any any beer, two hundred tickets in, in fourteen minutes. It just right. kind of blew my mind. Yeah, there have been more tickets that sold even more. And I feel like. It's always sold out fast for us here, but I just don't feel like it was even that fast in previous years. So not only is it still popular, it's increasingly popular (laughs) after all these years. Um, All right. Well, I just found that fun. God bless him. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take ourselves a quick break. And when we come back, we've got Bale Breaker Brewing Company on the program with us. I'm excited to talk to them. We're going to try their beer. Um, We're going to start out with a pale ale, even though we've got some IPAs in the the loop here. We're going to start out with their 41 pale. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back with Bale Breaker. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewing Network.
First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? First Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. Hi, this is Wayne Wombles from Cigar City Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. Thank you, Wayne. Welcome back to the program. The following segment is brought to you today by Beersmith Brewing Software. Go to Beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial right now. It's in version 3 and offers support for mead, wine, and cider recipes for the first time ever. There's a water profile tool built right into the recipe builder. It does everything you need it to do and more, including completely revised databases, including new hops, malts, fruits, juices, honey, and a style guide for mead, wine, and Cider. Go check it out at beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial. All right. As promised, we have Bale Breaker Brewing Company on the line with us, and we should have Kevin Smith and Danica Norman. Are you there, folks? We're here. Yeah. Wonderful. I hate it when that whole introduction is anticlimactic, you know? <laughs> so, Are you here? You can just hear the computer on the other end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Kevin Smith is the uh, head brewer over there at Bale Breaker and, and one of the owners. And Danica Norman is their uh, marketing manager. And uh, where are you guys right now? Are you in lovely Yakima Valley as we speak? Yeah, we are. We're, uh, we're hanging out in the break room with the brewery right now. Excellent. And so, I was trying to get to make sure I got this right, but, but Bale Breaker lives in the middle of a hop farm. Is that correct? Yeah, it does. Um, we about six years ago pulled down three acres of a of a hop field, which is field forty one. Um, 
which will be the the namesake of our pale ale that you guys are about to try. Um, Perfect. But pulled down three acres um, and built a brewery. Uh, I guess the backstory for that is my my family has been growing hops in the Yakima Valley since the 1930s. Um, And so finally, about six years ago, we decided it was time to uh, take the hops we've been growing and try to make some beer with it. Interesting. So, okay, so it's your farm that have and and your family's been doing it for a couple generations here. Yeah, we're fourth generation. Um, my uh, my great grandparents planted five acres of hops about two miles from the brewery in 1932. Wow. Um, and when my father was about 20 years old, his his grandfather, my great grandfather, passed away, and he dropped out of college to. Uh, run the hop farm with uh, his grandmother and he's been farming ever since and um, now my older brother is taking over the farm from my dad and they run all of our farming operations Um, and then uh, myself uh, my sister Megan and her husband my brother-in-law Kevin Flynn also named Kevin uh, built a brewery on the hop farm about six years ago so got it and you're, so you're the first one in the family to to decide to do a brewery after all of these years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, after I graduated college, um, I started brewing in Seattle at Two Beers Brewing Company and uh, was, was a brewer over there for about two years. Um, my sister and uh, Kevin Quinn were living over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, my sister worked at Coeur d'Alene Cellars Winery, um, and my brother-in-law was in sales, and they kind of came to me and were like, Hey, what do you think about uh, building a brewery back on the farm? And I love the idea. I love the the concept of, of creating my own beer. And so uh, we pitched the idea to my my dad and brother. And and uh, after a little bit of discussion, we we uh, we made it a reality. So now, when you say a little bit of discussion, do you mean arguing and convincing, or was he <laughs> or was he pretty on board? Uh, no, it was. It, it wasn't the most popular idea okay. right out of the gate, but after some thought, um, my brother spent some time uh, getting a master's degree, um, and for his like final project, his like Keystone project or Capstone project, uh, he wrote the business plan for the brewery and uh, like won an award from uh, the university he was, he was getting his master's at, and at that point, we we're like, well, this looks like a it might be a pretty feasible, right? Feasible business model, and so, uh, so we started moving forward after that. I see. Was there was there concern at all? I'm just trying to, you know, get a picture of of, of what the nays might have been. And was there some concern about competing with the customers who who buy your hops? Yeah, exactly. That was that was kind of the first concern was we didn't want there to look like there's or you know be any competition with the people that were uh, customers of our farm right but i mean this year we're going to produce probably thirty thousand barrels of beer we use a, probably about 98 99 percent of hops that we grow ourselves wow and it comes out to probably about one percent of our farm's yield yeah i see it, we we're barely we're barely taking anything from the farm <laughs> well and in some ways i would think even the opposite that it, you're it's almost an advantage to other breweries who might be buying your hops you guys are like an on-site production lab for your own product uh yeah it's very true it's kind of it, it, it works yeah definitely both ways i mean we have access to a lot of 
you know, awesome information from the hop industry and stuff like that. Um, we're always on the cutting edge of trying new hop products, um, like cryo hops and lupulin powder and things like that. Yeah, um, nice. Uh, experimental hops we get to see a lot, and so we get to get, give that feedback to our, our you know buddies that are brewers as well. Right. Um, but also, we ask for a lot of help from from our friends in the brewing industry too. We we pick their brains a lot, and um, kind of being so closely tied to the industry, it's worked well for us. And and I, I hope that we've also been able to give you know some of our buddies uh, you know some good insight on some stuff as well as as we've been learning. Sure. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about the Yakima Valley and how much it is responsible for producing the world supply of hops. But, uh, yes, we are on a hop farm, but we're also literally located in the heart of hop country in the United States. I mean, in, like, the last year, we were producing 42% of the world's hop production right here out of Yakima. So not only are we located on our own farm, but we're just, like, at the center of the industry during fresh hop season. All the industry leaders are coming around, doing hop selection. They're hanging out at our brewery. It's really, really cool. I love that. Yeah, that's a lot. The last number I heard I thought was like 30%. And so to jumping up to, you know, 42% of the world's hops is is amazing. Um, Yeah, and that's largely due to the growth in the craft beer industry, which is interesting. Sure. Oh, hang on. What's wrong with your microphone? Did you push the button there, Warren? Beardy's trying to talk to you, and he can't figure it out. Sorry. Go ahead now. Try again. Uh, Is... When it's hop season, is the air just thick with, like, the oil and just, like, can you get IBUs from just setting a beer out on the counter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's during the month of September, like, the valley doesn't sleep at all. I mean, it's 24-7 hop harvesting. Um, Valley's, like, really alive during that time. Um, But it kind of continues all the way through during processing and pelletizing season as well. Like, you can just get dinner downtown and in downtown Yakima in, like, December, and the entire town smells like hops because they're running the pelletizing plants, you know, 24 hours a day. So you kind of see it from late fall all the way through the winter into into the springtime that – there's always a little bit of a dank aroma around the, the valley. So. Sounds great. Makes sense. Can also grow weed and no one will know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, it's not only the hops, so they, they, they do their part, too. Sure. Yeah, so we're doing a podcast now with uh, YCH Hops out there called the the Hop and Brew Hop and Brew School Podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, doesn't Nick do that? Yeah, yeah. Nick's, uh, Nick Ziegler, uh, yeah. great guy, um, and we've been working with yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's a brilliant brewer. Yeah, he is. He's a lot smarter than I am. I'll tell you that. So I just let him take the reins of the show. And um, but we got a lot of cool things uh, happening with them, and and hoping to make it out to their hop and brew school uh, next harvest as well next next year uh, or later oh, this yeah, year, definitely. I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a, they run a really good uh, a really good program out there. Yeah. Um, you get to see a lot of cool, interesting stuff, and then. Uh, typically, there's in years past we've, we've thrown an event for them uh, out at the brewery, either at the brewery or, or our hop farm as well. Oh, excellent! Well, I wouldn't want to miss that. Now I, we're going to jump right. into the beer here in a second, but I wanted to bring up another another potential downside of the of the hop the generations old hop farm and now a brewery. And Kevin, that is the pressure on you to make great beer because on one hand i'm saying like oh you you can be this like experimental place for the hot for the product that you sell but then kind of 
whether you like it or not, do you, I mean, you're kind of a showcase for the hops that you sell too now, aren't you? Like I'm thinking dad sat you down and was like, listen, Kevin, there's a few things, there's a few things you can fuck up. Right. The beer is not one of them. No. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. You yeah, gotta get, you're going to put your that peanut butter in your jelly. Yeah. Make it taste good. Yeah. Right. You lay it all out there. It's like taking no, a that, so. that was definitely uh, a conversation we had too when we were starting. It was, uh, if we're going to do this, we're not going to fuck it up. That's for damn sure. Sure. And so, we, uh, you know, so we, we used a lot of, a lot of our resources of the, of the people that we, you know, the brewers that we knew for, that were coming to our farm year after year. And so, uh, I picked a lot of brilliant brewers brains and we would not be here without some of the information that they just were willingly, you know, open about open to conversations and, and talking about, um, you know, guys, guys like Benny, uh, Ken Grossman, uh, you know. Uh, that's great Brendan out of Odell uh, Mitch Steele those, those guys were all super helpful um, and they were they were awesome you know when we'd send them an email or give them a call they they were always willing to you know just kind of pick our brains I remember shipping some samples like right when we opened uh, down to Sierra Nevada out their lab run it for us and, and Excellent. be like hey is this thing chock full of diacetyl and should we jump down the drain they're like well you know it's not a really low number, so maybe you should think about it. Right? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> right. That's and, excellent. Uh, we, we were we were really uh, adhering to quality from an early standard, and so we initially we put one lab in, and and it took us a little while to build it out. Um, and we're using some resources uh, uh, externally, but now we've got you know we've got two large labs, um, a lot of equipment, three time three full time quality assurance employees. I mean. Mm-hmm. We put uh, we put quality assurance first, without a doubt. We know that um, kind of being so tied to the hop industry and, and the valley as well um, that we really really need to put out a high quality product. Um, sure. And then uh, also, kind of part of that though is you know we, we make some IPAs and that's what we focus on. But uh, we've also got a, a five barrel pilot system. We call it the Imagination Station. Nice. And that's where we can kind of play around. We can play around with experimental hops. We can play around with uh, new brewing techniques, you know. We can make saisons and pilsners and, and things like that that, uh, that people don't think that we make. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of those beers kind of stick around here and stick around the valley, and that's, uh, you know, you got to come out and, and check out some of those things. But, uh, but yeah. How many different uh, hop varietals are you guys growing on site? Uh, so on the farm we've got, so we ha- we actually have two different farms. We've got a, about a little over a thousand acres up in the town of Moxie. Um, that farm's called Loftus Ranches. And then we've got about a thousand acres as well down in Granger and that farm's called Tributary Hop Farms. Um, so we're a little over 2000 acres of hops between the two fields. We're growing about 12 or 13 varieties. Oh, so you've got a wow. good selection then. Yeah. That's a lot of, yeah. And it is a lot of the pri- pr- proprietary stuff. Um, our firm's uh, a part of the hop breeding company, and so we're growing a lot of the HBC stuff. We're growing, you know, oh. uh, Simcoe, Citra, Mosaic, Laurel, Equinox, uh, some of the new hops like Sabro, um, things like that. Excellent. All right, so we've got your Field 41 Pale Ale in our glass. Uh, does one of you want to tell us about this while we take a sip? Um. Yeah, I can I can walk you through forty one. Forty one was a still is a baby of mine, I guess. Uh, but that was one of the first beers that we opened with when um, we came out in about six years ago. Um, 
we called it a pale ale. It's not necessarily a pale ale, like traditionally. It's a little bit more of a session IPA. Um, originally, it was about 4.5% alcohol. Over the years, it's kind of crept up a little bit closer to 5, um, trying to get some balance, a little bit more balance in it. Um, but uh, it's a big, kind of a big, uh, dry pale ale with uh, big big aromatics, uh, dry hopped at a little over 2 two two and a half pounds per barrel um simcoe laurel a tannum and cascade kind of dominate it um but it's uh it's kind of what our take on what we think a pale ale should be um and when it came out six years ago it was a little bit different than like the traditional pale ales that you could find out you know out here out west yeah uh, that were a little bit more malt forward um we tried to just find the other end of the spectrum and, and see if some people like to drink a really you know low abv hot bomb i guess yeah. Yes. And and people the yes. and the answer is yes. Yeah. Thirty thousand barrels later. Yeah. Exactly. This is a great beer. Um, it really is. Yeah. And you mentioned the field forty one is the is the field that the brewery's built on. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. That is. So all the all the fields are numbered, and actually, there's like a color combination, uh, like all the signs. So like if if you're looking at like one of our cans, uh, you you might be able to tell that it's like a, a white sign with a red uh, red number system. That's like what our farm's um, color combination is because there's so many hot fields in the valley. Got it. But you not only need to name the farms, but then you have to do a color combination so people know where they're going. So um, it just so happened to be that the field that we chose to build the brewery in was number 41. Um, that was more geographic than for like branding or anything. I guess if it was like the old 29, we would have had to run with that as well. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I think uh, you're, so you're 41 kind of became part of our branding. You're lucky with this one. Cause it's a catchy name. My other favorite pale ale, uh, that did, doesn't exist anymore was, was pale 31. Uh, you know, yeah, for, that was one of my favorite, Matt, Matt, yeah. those guys made a hell of a beer. That was kind of what, what we hoped it would be. Um, and I, we would have ran into some problems if it was field 31. That's right. the answer. <laughs> there was one field yeah. you couldn't build in. That's right. Yeah. It was 31. Yeah. Uh, this is a yeah. great beer, and I do think it's very akin to uh, the Firestone Pale 31. With some with some differences, though, too. It is not an identical beer. Um, it is hop forward. Um, it's still balanced. I'm trying to describe to myself what the finish is, and I really like it. It's um, it's a little bit of citrus. It's probably more pine than citrus, but yeah, some... I don't want to say like dark or resiny because it's just that's the words that we always use. But there's something... it is a little resiny though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but but but, the, but there's something. It's like fresh, yeah, like fresh resin. Like if you break open a pine cone. Mm. That kind of like, because yeah. there's some organic material that you're, I think you're getting in there. Okay. It's you know what I mean? A dry, grassy kind of resin versus like dank, like wet forest right. resin. And it's really, it's a really interesting combination. You get all of the fruity top notes of the hops. Yeah. And then there's just the right amount of bitterness and it's a little grassy in the finish. Bitterness. You hear my the man? Bizzer- he's, saying, he's saying over here saying bitterness. <laughs> the bitterness, man. What yeah. do you think, Kevin? Are we picking up on some of the, of the right things here? Yeah. No, I mean, you guys are spot on. I mean, basically with that beer, we try to throw throw in a little bit of uh, like some Munich Vienna malts, uh, some flaked out and some wheat to kind of there's some wheat to, you know, kind of try to build some body, mimic some body, because there's not really a lot in that beer, so we try to use the flavors of the malt 
to, to mimic that. And then it's it's uh, it's a big Simcoe bomb with some supporting hops, so you're you're pretty much right on with some of that resin and pine sap. Okay. And I like, Beardy, that's the other thing. I, you, both you and JP describe what I was trying to. But the, the fruity top notes was one I was really trying to pick out, too. Because I was tasting the pine, but there was something else. And, I, yeah, that's I was trying to say citrus, but I, I'd actually go more with the fruity, like you're saying. Uh, which is really yeah, nice. Yeah, that's well made. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a very hop, very, uh, like a hop oil kind of character to it. It's really, it's, yeah, but I, I, taste the beta in it. And it's, it's almost like there's a, 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 and I don't know if this is an insult, but if the, there's like a tannin there also, yeah, that's, that's true. where it, it 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 provides like a, a I don't know, a foundation for the for that oil, hmm. right? So the you got it's like if you think of it in a layer like oil, and then you got the tannin, then you have the beer. Yeah, and and I know in in beer we talk about tannin sometimes is a bad thing, but in this it's a good thing. It's more a little more of the vegetal material, which yeah. rounds out that hop instead of focuses the resin. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What what format are the hops that you're using in this vinyl? <laughs> uh, and yeah, in Field Forty One, it's a mixture of T ninety pellets and cryo pellets. Cryo um, too. Leaning okay. a little bit more, uh, leaning a little bit heavier on T ninety pellets. Can you explain to the folks at home quickly what cryo hops are, just so they can get a picture of that too? They're Walt Disney. Hops. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the so uh, cryo pellets or cryo hops are um, it's a process that happens at the brokerage essentially, where they'll like hammer mill the hops up into a powder, and essentially what they do is they remove all the lupulin, all the good stuff that we want, basically all the oils, the alpha acids, beta acids, you know, everything that everything that we're searching for, and they strip out like the leaf and the brack. And so it's a little bit more concentrated form of the hop that we're using. Um, Got it. You do lose some things that are in the brack. And then I've had a lot of conversations with brewers about this, that, you know, that was a part of our recipe, even though we didn't think much about it was stems and leaves, but um, in, in brack, but, uh, but for the most part, it's a concentrated form of all of the good things that we're looking for. So it gives you a little bit like fruitier punch. Um, in some varieties, it it might like strip out a little bit of like vegetative notes and things like that as well. Okay, got it. Um, all right, so we're going to try the next beer, uh, which is Leota May. And while we're doing that, Danica, I wondered if you could tell folks um, where people can get your beer. Are you guys distributed, um, you know, far outside of Washington, or can you give us an idea of, of where you guys are at? Uh, so we're mainly in Washington. Uh, we are just breaking into new markets. In fact, just expanded further into Oregon this past week. Um so we're really on the western side of Oregon for the most part. We're primarily in the Portland area and now just broke down through Eugene Bend, uh, Medford, all the way down to the California, northern California border, um, as well as we're in north Idaho. And hopefully we're getting into southern Idaho coming in May here. Um, we'll see if that goes down. But, um, okay. yeah, it's pretty, really well saturated in Washington from convenience stores to grocery stores. Uh, you'll be able to get really fresh beer from us uh, pretty much everywhere. Got it. And did I hear before you guys were saying, what, about 30,000 barrels a year is what you're thinking you're going to do this year? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of beer in a fairly localized region yeah. there. You guys are moving some local beer. They're doing good. 
That's right. We uh, learned early on to, you know, grow our roots really deep. That was some advice that was handed to the owners early on. And so we really believe that we want to be a premier Northwest brewery. We want to specialize in hop forward beers. Um, And that's just kind of the niche that we've uh, carved out for ourselves. Okay. Well done. It's working. Um, Okay. So now the beer that we've got is the Leota May IPA, which I understand has a story behind it as well. The name anyway. Want to tell us about this beer? Absolutely. So Leota May is really cool. It's it's definitely a more feminine type of brand, and pro- I speak that I, I speak to that as a woman because uh, Megan and Kevin's grandmother was Leota May, and she was one of the founders of the Hop Farm back in 1932. Um, the crazy thing about it is she kind of had the foresight to plant these hops in 1932, which was the year before Prohibition ended. So there was rumors going around, like, Prohibition's going to end. The hop industry was failing. There was just really stagnant market because no alcohol was being made, no beer Mm. especially. Um, So she, you know, had the foresight to say, hey, let's plant five acres here in the Yakima Valley. And um, from there, it just grew and grew and grew. And now here we are taking on the diversification aspect of bringing the brewery onto the hop farm. Um, Leota May was uh, not a completely given name at first. It was kind of an afterthought. They were struggling on naming this new IPA that was being added to the lineup. And then one day it was like, obviously, we should name it after Leota May. That was like, duh. We had (laughs) named all of our core beers after icons of the hop farm, and it just uh, seemed perfectly natural to name uh, this next IPA after Leota May in honor of her starting the hop farm. I love it. It's a good tribute. That's a cool story, yeah. man. I mean, that, that, that talk about foresight and yeah. planning. And, Great honor. And like, very appropriate. Yeah. yeah that's your, the your, brains aren't grandma. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Cheers to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, you want to describe the beer to us a little bit, Kevin? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. So we came out with Leota uh, afterwards. This was not like our first IPA that we'd put into cans and the first one that we'd run with. That was uh, Top Cutter, which we'll probably get into next. But uh, we wanted to diversify this from Top Cutter a little bit. Um, and so it's it's a really simple malt bill. It's just a little bit of two row and uh, some aromatic and some carapils. Um just really, really basic, kind of just laying a, a foundation for for the hops. Um, but we we tried to go with a little bit more dank and uh, kind of what I say is like dark hops, I guess. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit of Simcoe, a little bit of a lot of mosaic, um, some Equinot and Laurel. And so it's not like a really a big like citrus or fruit bomb, but it's a little bit darker, like a little bit berry flavored, uh, things like that. Uh, just to kind of show that in a brand portfolio, you can have two IPAs that can live side by side that aren't necessarily replicas of each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to do that side by side with with a couple of beers uh, after the break too. Oh, yeah? We've got the other couple of IPAs. Nice. Uh, so this one is definitely danker. Yep. Um, the aroma is there's something a little too dank for me. 
but that goes away very quickly as soon as I taste the beer. You I, did it, I, dude. I, I love the flavor. It's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the flavor is just awesome. This is the kind of IPA I would like to drink. Um, and I don't know what it is, what, why the aroma first just kind of, uh, just, I don't know, steered me away for a second. But then. It's intense. But do you, I think you expected some sort of like clinging, clinging into the beer, and it's got a real clean, it does. nice, easy finish. I think that's what's surprising you is the finish. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's one thing that we really try to pride ourselves on. It's like, you can throw a lot of really nice hops into the dry hop and create like a really complex and amazing aroma profile in, in an IPA. Uh, but one thing that we always, you know, push on ourselves and on our brewers is, is that's only one aspect of an IPA. The, the other aspect of the hop bill has to be the bitterness. Like that is as much a part of the beer yeah. in an IPA as, as in, as an aromatic profile. So we really try to have our, our, uh, our IPAs have a smooth bitterness, like, something that's like is present and it's there and it hits you but it leaves you it's not like a, a lingering bitterness that you're like scratching your tongue on or mm-hmm. anything like that um yeah it, you got that right kind of present and leaves you and that, that that's something that we really try to uh try to focus on i think you nailed it with that and it's a great showcase of mosaic yeah, like it just you. I mean, this is a beer where I, if I'm a brewer, I want to come to your hot farm brewery and say, <laughs> "Show me what mosaic will be like." Yeah, and mm-hmm. this will be it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. absolutely. Yeah, this is. I, I love mosaic. It's one of my favorite hops. But um, in kind of our, our first flagship beers, Field Forty One and, and Top Cutter, we didn't have a ton of it around, and so it was just like a little complimentary piece. And so when we came out with Leota, we were like this. This needs to be the showcase for Mosaic. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. I like this beer. I really appreciate the attention to the, the bitterness in the finish. Like, both of these beers are very well attenuated. The malt is just there to balance with the bitterness. And even the, the water chemistry tastes like it's just spot on to where you have a, a, a drying finish. But it's not lingering bitterness. There's no harshness hmm. through the whole thing. Yeah, can you give us any yeah. kind of tips on that? How to how to get that kind of cleaner finish that doesn't linger too long, like you say? Yeah, I mean, essentially, like what I when I try to make an IPA, like I'll, I'll try to dry it out, um, try to get it into the low, you know, low twos and Play-Doh because I don't want it to be too sweet. Um, something definitely sub three, and then. And then uh, I focus on choosing bittering hops. Uh, one of the main factors that I look at is cohumulin percentage. I think that it does a really good job of like giving you an upfront bitterness. Like you can, you, you know, if you're able to calculate it out to 50 or 100 or whatever you're shooting for, it it might upfront taste like that, but it, it leaves you quick. Um, and so I'm a big believer in cohumulin percentage. Um, and then you know, getting my brewing chops out on the west coast. Like when I really look at my water chemistry, um, I know in years past I've, or originally I was looking at my water chemistry as, as sulfate to chloride ratio and, and trying to push that up, you know, almost three to one sulfate to chloride, um, somewhere in the ballpark of like around like a hundred parts per million of calcium, uh, like a one fifty on sulfate and around like fifty on on chloride. Okay. Um, and I know nowadays you're looking. That hazies and, and all the stuff coming out of the beautiful state of Vermont and the surrounding areas, and it's quite a bit different than what I learned. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's you know, make a true West Coast beer is have a have an assertive, present bitterness um, and and a nice kind of heavy on the sulfate. 
ratio. And that, that, I guess. Got it. I guess what we do around here. Good advice. All right. Wonderful beer so far. All right, I got to get us to a, a quick break, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to try Top Cutter IPA and Bottom Cutter IPA. So that's kind of the side by side, I was saying, JP, that we get to do here. I like it. So, can you guys hang in there for just a couple minutes while I take a break? All right. Yeah, no problem. All right. Okay. Hang tight. Uh, we are going to take a break. Uh, while you're at the break, you should be thinking about Brewers Publications. Uh, they've got the best in brewing books from, uh, you know, from water to yeast to hops to malt. They cover it all. Go to BrewersPublications.com and check them out. They've got a book for everything that you want to learn about in the beer world. So check it out. BrewersPublications.com. All right. When we come back, more with Bale Breaker Brewing Company. We've got Kevin Smith and Danica Norman on the line with us. We're going to try a couple more IPAs and uh, see what uh, see what other tricks Kevin's got up his sleeve with these beers because they're damn good so far. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a brew 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Homebrewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All-Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. This is Matt Reynoldson from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, and you're listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. 
Yeah. Hey, if you want to gain a more in-depth knowledge of yeast, join White Labs March 13th and 14th for their Yeast Essentials 2.0 in San Diego, California. It's a two-day workshop, which will explore fermentation control points, tips for maintaining optimal yeast performance, and how to develop desired yeast flavor compounds. Attendees will learn methods for off-flavor detection, sensory evaluation techniques of different strains, as well as how to properly troubleshoot different fermentation problems. And if you can't to make it, can't make it to San Diego, no problem. Uh, they're offering a live webcast. Just register by. Uh oh. Ah, that's just for early bird pricing. Uh-huh. You missed early bird pricing on February 14th, but you can still go check it out. Do it online or in person. Go to whitelabs.com slash education. That's whitelabs.com slash education. All right, we are still hanging out with Bale Breaker Brewing Company. We got some more of their beer in our glass. Um, and before we get to that, I wanted to bring up um, some of the do-good social programs that you guys uh, do locally. I know that's a big deal to your company. Um, so I wonder if you could tell me about the program uh, that revolves around your, I think it's uh, Sessiones del Migrante Mango IPA. Am I close? Close-ish? Um, yeah, Sessiones is, uh, it's a really cool project that we uh, got to be a part of and kind of helped, helped get off the ground um, just a couple years ago. It's a, a Beer that we brew up here in collaboration with uh, four other breweries, um, Ronan Fermentation Project out of Truckee, California, uh, South Norte um, in San Diego, uh, Cerveza Loba in Guadalajara, Mexico, and Cerveza Rio del Colima in Colima, Mexico. Um, And so the idea behind the beer was to connect uh, brewers Brewers in Mexico that kind of originate in the regions where a lot of the migrant workers uh, in the valley and from the West Coast uh, kind of come from. So it's a, a collaboration of breweries that kind of fit the trail of, of the migrant workers up all the way where they finish in Yakima the, nice. at the hop fields and stuff. Um, so the first beer that we brewed was down in Guadalajara at Cerveza Loba, and we, we brewed a mango IPA. Um, and then we went... Uh, went down to Colima and brewed a coconut IPA as well. Um, and then we've been up, uh, had everyone up here to brew a mango IPA up here, um, which we brewed for, this will be the third year in a row. Um, and then I guess last year we went down to South Norte as well and brewed, uh, brewed another collab. Um, but the, up here, our beer that we brew, um, so it's a really sessionable light uh, IPA with a little bit of mango. It's not definitely not over mango. It's like a little part of the beer, um, but approachable. Um, and we release it in the middle of the summer. Um, and all of our proceeds or proceeds from uh, the batches that we brew go to a local organization called La Casa Hogar that um, basically benefits uh, migrant workers and um, people that come into our valley and you know help them uh, with citizenship with housing with uh, education education language things like that um, and just kind of get them in uh, into our valley and into our um, community because our community up here is so reliant on migrant workers um, that it's hard for it would be hard 
for our valley to grow the amount of hops and apples and wine grapes and um, everything that we do up here without uh, without uh, outside help. Of course. Um, from people that are, are traveling up here to um you know, earn a living. Yeah. So. Same with uh, Central California too. So. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you guys must ha- must have an enormous uh, population of migrant workers uh, at harvest time. Yeah, we do. Our, our farm now. Um, I don't want to butcher the percentage, but it's 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 well over fifty percent uh, come through the H two A program okay. um, and come up and and work through our. Uh, you know, might start early in the season um working and training hops and and twine and things like that um early on the hop farm and then uh, might also go help out in fruit you know pick uh you know help pick cherries and process cherries uh in like june and stuff like that when the hops are just growing um and then come back to hops and help out for uh, the month of august and september during hop harvest and then uh a lot of them also finish out apple harvest, which follows hop harvest. And so um, a lot of the workers that come up through the program can spend, you know, six to nine months in the valley um, and, and and make a good wage. And uh, and it, it's a great program, and, and the valley's actually been able to grow through it because um, for quite a few years there, there was a, a labor shortage and and crops weren't meeting demand because we, we didn't have enough people to help plant and pick them. Got it. I love it. That's a great program. Um, and then you guys also, do I have this right, that you were the founders of the Ales for ALS uh, Beer Festival in 2013? Uh, yeah, we are. So that program um, came out. My uh, my family is has a hereditary uh, gene of, or a hereditary strain of, of ALS. Um, and so uh, the, the concept for Ales for ALS kind of came out of uh, my, my mom and dad. Um, trying to use their connections in the hop and beer industry to raise money to find a cure for ALS. Excellent. Um, and so we were one of the first breweries, obviously, that jumped on board with it. But uh, but essentially, it's, it's, um, our farm donates all of the hop to Yakima Chief. Um, Yakima Chief donates all of the processing fees and pelletizing fees um and actually ships the hops out to all participating breweries for free wow. um as long as a dollar per pint of anything that gets brewed gets donated to als tdi to uh find a cause for or, or to try to find a cause and a cure for als that's amazing good for you yeah um so it's it's taken off over the years too i think uh we're up well over 100 i think 150 participating breweries this year um and over the years, we've raised uh, almost two million dollars. Wow! Wow! Jeez, that's really great. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah our one of our local breweries here, Faction, uh, yeah. does their ales for ALS festival every oh, year. Oh yeah, Roger and Claudia. I've yeah. been down on that one every single year. Oh good. Yeah. It's it, one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite ales for ALS events. It's a really good one, and they do. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to party for sure, uh, but they get a lot of. Uh, I, I assume that all of those breweries are also brewing the beer that you're referring to. Um, so, I think it's yeah, really so it's just it's actually just the hot blend. Actually, Roger was a part of the hot blend this year. Okay, um, we will usually pick a spot. Either uh, it's been GABF in the past. This last year it was actually a, a single fresh wet and wild down at Sierra. 
Um, but there's, you know, part, some of the participating breweries that are around at some of those events, we might get, you know, half a dozen to a dozen uh, brewers um, to help rub and sniff about, you know, seven or eight commercial hops and about seven or eight uh, experimental hops and come up with a blend that's about, uh, typically it's about 50 or 60% um, commercial hops and 40% experimental hops. But uh, I think this this year, the blend that we chose was three uh, three commercial hops and three experimental hops. So it's a good way to brew some of them. It's a really unique hop blend every single year. Um, and it's, it's an awesome way to, to brew with a really dank hop um, and, and raise some money for a good cause. I love it. Good job. Good for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. All right, Top Cutter IPA is in our glass now. Um, I, I'm gonna. We have top and bottom. We do have top yeah, and bottom. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any way you want it. That's right. That's the way you need it. <laughs> yeah. There's a top cutter first and then bottom cutter second, but the way that they roll through the fields is the opposite. The bottom cutter goes through first and then the top second. But. Well, shit, now what do you do? Yeah. So well, you, you knew that the public wouldn't understand that. You had to, you had to dumb it down for us. Top is first, so it goes first. It's yeah. on the top. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about this beer, Top Cutter. Uh, I'm also drinking a Top Cutter. Uh, it is my favorite beer far and away at the brewery, and uh, that is so basic. <laughs> to be known as a top cutter drinker here at Dale Breaker, but it is my favorite in here in the tap room, and it's so fresh. Um, it was created alongside Field 41, so before the brewery even opened, Field 41 and Top Cutter were brewed in test batches, uh, divided into five gallon corny kegs, and then they just tested whatever combination of dry hops they could. Um, and then the cool thing about all these industry leaders being involved in the brewery from an early point, being around during fresh hops, being around for selection, uh, they got to t- taste what became Field 41 and Top Cutter. Nice. And, you know, we just knew that we had landed on a really solid product. So yeah. um, Top Cutter uh, was developed around 2011, 2012. And so the brewery was really built on Field 41 and Top Cutter from the beginning. Bottom Cutter and Leona Bay were the most latest, most recent additions. Okay. Um, and then on the can, I don't know if you see, there is literally a Top Cutter tractor on the can. Yes. And we did our rebrand recently, but uh, it's a type of machinery that is used specifically for the hop industry. And it was uh, replacing two men that used to roll on a tractor in pack away at the hop vines with machetes, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we named it after the top cutter tractor, which is very essential to the hop farm. The life-saving device. Now it's in a can. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Saving lives one can uh, at a time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, this is definitely our flagship beer. I mean, it's like, it's about 55 or 60% of our, our sales here. Um, it's, definitely our leader we say that it keeps the lights on here but i mean top cutter has grown a lot like in six years as well i mean uh i like to tell our, our brewers around here that you know sometimes these beers are uh more ideas than recipes um but that being said top cutter will probably never come out and be a black idea um, <laughs> but 
but it's it's evolved over the years and, and it's it's right where we really like it right now it's uh it's, it's a beautiful beer you got um, but it's dialed in really light on on the malt profile um like i said it's evolved it we you know six years ago we used a lot of like c40 in it and now we've backed that off to about to c10 uh keep the crystal malts at a minimum um but it uh, is a big citra bomb with a lot of citra and Simcoe in the world or in the on the hot side, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's some citrus Simcoe and laurel in the dry hop, and so it's a little bit brighter than than Leota May, um, mm-hmm. a little bit more floral, a little uh, I just think a little bit brighter all, all the way around with citra kind of leading it. It's a, it's, a, it's it's really approachable West Coast IPA. It's got it's got that present bitterness but it washes away pretty uh, pretty quickly as well what do you think laurel brings to the table i'm familiar with all the other hops uh laurel laurel is a great uh it's a great hop i love it we use it in a lot of beers here i think it might be like our our uh third most contracted hop here at the brewery but we we don't really make any like big laurel forward beers we use it as just like an accent hop in a lot of our beers Mm -hmm. um it's it's really just got a lot of like kind of bright floral like almost like geranium like characteristic um so it can it helps like kind of cut the dankness of a mosaic or an equinot or something like that um even some of the cattiness of like a citra mm-hmm. kind of just helps bring those back to like a really approachable um place uh it it kind of adds and mellows some of the rough edges of the really big hops um, but I, I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a beautiful hop. It's a beautiful hop to grow. Um, it's a beautiful hop to brew it. It's, yeah. The, the beer is kind of like, like the big brother of the, of the pale, of the 41 pale. Right. Yeah. Similar mm-hmm. in, in that way. Yeah. But yeah. it has more citrus notes. It's more of yes. like a tangy. Uh, sweetness, like, like even like a tangerine sweetness to it like than the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but very much like related, and that's what I yeah. like about it. It kind of just stepped up a little bit for if you want a little more bitterness out of it, but even a little more like uh, I don't know, like that. Like I said, like that kind of tangy sweetness out of it too. Um, not cloying. It's just, yeah. it has that same dry you know dry finish <laughs> that you like. So I don't when I say sweetness, I don't mean to say cloying. Um, yeah, uh, just kind of like. On the tip of your tongue, type of a sweetness, which is really nice uh, against the bitterness. Um, yeah, yeah, I like this one. Every now and then, too, sometimes some of these hops, like the fruitiness of the hops, kind of almost pass off as a sweetness, um, yeah. which, which is, you know, we're trying to do everything to dry them out, but uh, but definitely some some of these, you know, kind of bright hops that produce a lot of like fruit characteristics. Yeah, can almost pass through into the beer as like being slightly sweet, almost like a sweet orange peel or, or something similar to that. That's a great Someone, technique. Someone uh, via our social media recently commented, calling it, "Wow, they've figured out how to can the perfect fresh hot beer, but it's available all year round." <laughs> I thought that was a pretty yeah clever yeah. way of, of summing up Top Cutter. Yeah, that's a great compliment. Um, yeah, and our version is definitely fresh. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. It checks all the boxes. I think it was canned yeah. tomorrow. That's yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, and now we've got Bottom Cutter as well, which is your Imperial IPA. Yeah, Bottom Cutter is a, it's a, it's the brother or sister implement to the Top Cutter. Um, 
also replacing people walking around the fields with machetes. Mm. So it saved, uh, saved some joints and some fingers for sure. <laughs> um, but it's uh, bottom cutters are yeah are imperial. It's um it's one of the most popular. Actually, it's the the most popular canned imperial IPA in the state of Washington. And wow. uh, in terms of sales, it's it's a really really approachable imperial. It's it's really dry. It finishes low to play-doh um it's not a lot of sweet malts we try to take anything out that might be cloying um like oftentimes if, if you drink this like out of the bright tank it's like so far skewed to the hoppiness that it's not palatable but hmm. by the time it hits its market it's like perfect okay um and so it's uh it's it's got a big big assertive bitterness we use warrior to bitter this hop or to bitter this beer um it's a, which Warrior is a, a fantastic bittering hop. Um, real low kill H, but it's, you know, 16, 17% alpha. So you definitely get your bang for your buck. Um, but then uh, it's kind of a, a, a crapshoot of, of all of our favorite hops, and that's kind of what we thought a double IPA should be. And so we, we use a lot of Simcoe in the kettle because we like its, like, gentle bittering characteristics of it. Um, but in... Uh, in the dry hop, we just kind of went with equal parts of, uh, of like some Equinot Mosaic, uh, Simcoe and Citra, just kind of all, all of our favorites here. Uh, to throw a big pungent um, nose on it, but it's, 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 it can be a sneaky beer. I mean, for being, <laughs> you know, damn near 100 IBUs and over 8% alcohol, it, it, it drinks like a single IPA. <laughs> it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really liked an Imperial IPA or the style in in probably a few years oh not forever uh no not forever <laughs> uh, it just in a few years you know I, I did that whole curve where you start out like and everything as hoppy as you can get it you know mm-hmm. um this beer just turned me back into a fan of imperial ipa i always <laughs> love a pale ale and i like this beer better than i liked the pale ale and pale ale is my go-to everybody knows it that's all i drink yeah. and of of these tonight and i've liked them all as you could tell I actually like this one the best, Beardy. It's got a great, I don't know, drinkability to it. According to the can, it's 100 mm-hmm. IBUs. But it does not taste <laughs> it, like that. No, no not, not at all. At all. Not at all. No. Yeah. To me, it's just an accentuated... It can't line. That's only like 92. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. it does taste there like 92. Well, there yeah, we go. Now it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has won some awards, and yeah. most notably, Kevin's wife said to me this Christmas, uh... As soon as I tasted Bottom Cutter, I knew I had to marry Kevin. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So did I, actually. And, and, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, you got to move to Utah to do that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. This beer is just something else. Um, the it's, it's pretty good, man. The the the, the bitterness of a of a imperial IPA is usually what will turn me off right away. And this yeah. one has a firm bitterness. Do oh, not there. get me wrong. You it is, it, it just, is firm. It just gets mm-hmm. out of the way when you're talking, when you're done with it. It's, it leaves the room. It does. It's but nice and nice bitterness. Even while you're tasting that firm bitterness, even before it gets out of the way. It's okay. Like I right. still want it. The, the the hops are so flavorful. It's pleasing that the, even that bitterness is pleasing, and yeah. that's what I just haven't enjoyed in quite some time. Is what I'm. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, again, this is a, a, a really good example of us like 
carefully selecting our kettle hops um, mm-hmm. to provide the bitterness that we're like really looking for. Something that that's present and on your tongue, but it, it leaves you really quickly. So you're able to kind of get that like retro nasal aromatics after you're done drinking it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a it's a really kind of aggressive aggressive up front but uh for the most part it's 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 all about the aromatics of of the beer um we we want the the bitterness to be there and not be distracting um but just kind of be you know one one in the piece of the puzzle and five pounds per barrel right wow yeah five five pounds per barrel so it's, it's a little over three pounds per barrel in the dry hop um it's a it's, it's a pretty aggressive beer for like a big production uh, beer that that gets canned. You know, it, it's yeah. hard to hard to jam. You know, much much more hops into something like that uh, when you're brewing. You know, 120 or 240 barrels of it at a time and, and throwing a bunch into cans. It's hard to jam too much more. <laughs> How many pounds per barrel? Just for contrast, in the top cutter. Uh, the top cutter is. Um, just shy of four total all the way through the process. Okay. Um, and it's just, just shy of three, uh, in the dry hop. Got so it. it's, it's, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's what it's probably, you know, a little over 50% bigger, um, in terms of overall hop usage. Okay. And, and the bottom is the only one that I noticed even just a slight haze to it. You can still definitely see through the beer, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to really get a, you know, perfectly clear we we pride ourselves on clarity out here you know it's like when we were opening up and and developing these recipes was like you know hey we got we got to make this beer clear we got to make it clearly stable we got to put it into you know into a package so there's some good shelf life on it and because hops degrade so quickly and then hazy beers became a thing and we're like shit why do they talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it it does um it's we we don't filter anything. We just centrifuge it, and so like really fresh bottom cutter does come out of the fuse and in and, and the can like really bright. But over time, it it does develop a little bit of a hot phase, you know, through a bunch of the polyphenols that we kind of let through, you know, go through the centrifuge and be a part of the flavor profile. Um, over time, those will those will definitely create a little bit of a hot phase. Do you guys do uh, New England hazy IPAs up there? Yeah, so we we didn't. None of them are part of our core brand, um, but like I mentioned earlier, we so we uh, when we did an expansion, um, we put in a five barrel uh, system uh, alongside our thirty barrel production brew house uh, that we call the Imagination Station, and we actually were joking that uh, you had to put a retina scanner to get into it <laughs> because to brew on that system you would have needed to be like at least a little bit drunk or a little bit stoned yeah. but, uh, but that was a little bit out of our budget so uh nice. you just get to make a beer in there whenever you want but, <laughs> Great. but but hazy beers are getting popular out on the west coast and so um so yeah we we do um we put out at least you know five or ten barrels of a hazy beer each week um and it's basically only available in our tap room or around Yakima. We'll, we'll send some over to like uh, events in like, you know, Seattle, Spokane, Portland. Um, but typically those are just, you know, for festivals. Um, we keep some of that stuff close to home. We're, we're hoping hoping to be able to expand that line a little bit into cans in, in you know, late 2019 or early 2020, be able to uh, can some of the like big hazy beers. Um, but right now we're, you know, what keeps the light on and what, what keeps all of us coming to work is still 
still a nice West Coast idea. I love it. Yeah, we use that imagination station to uh, really be a test kitchen. And so while we get to, like, go crazy and make whatever we want, it is actually a testing ground for new recipes that we put out there. So right now we have a beer in our tap room that's gotten a lot of fan following. We've been testing out this recipe for our new IPA rotator series. And so what a lot of people here locally knew as Mosaic Monarchy is now um, going to be hot country in cans, uh, the first of our IPA rotator series. So that will hit uh, the majority of our uh, sales distribution footprint um, in early March. So we're stoked about that. Excellent. Whole new series of IPAs. I love it. The Imagination Station. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I want to tell our listeners this. I recommend that you do the exact tasting in the exact <laughs> order that we just did. Absolutely. Uh, because yeah. it just was this perfect, like, increase as it went, uh, not only in quality, but it just in the, the flavor profiles themselves. I thought they just went really well together. Yeah, I, I agreed. And it wasn't like it's here's one thing scaled up. Yeah, they're, agreed. They're yeah. very different in that the scale, the, the, the scope is very wide. But they were also familiar from, yeah. from from glass to glass, right? There's something familiar about each one, but different at the same time, yeah. and all very well executed. Yes. So, Field 41, Leota May IPA, Top Cutter IPA, then Botter, Bottom Cutter IPA. Bottom Cutter. That, cutter. Yeah, that's yeah. my recommendation. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would do. This might be the first 100 <laughs> IBU beer that I've not hated. Really? <laughs> like, like hated after drinking it because now I can't taste anything. Can't, right, right. right. Yeah. Now I at least feel like I could taste something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, still. you can. Absolutely. Yeah. I think now we're just going to drink more of it. we got another can <laughs> to, <laughs> to fight over. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, folks, if you want to go to balebreaker.com, you can learn more about the beer and more about Kevin and Danica and the story behind Bale Breaker Brewing. they got a great website, actually. Well, well done, uh, Danica, if that's you. Uh, you got, you're doing a nice job over there. <laughs> That's yeah. really good. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah. Thank you so much Thanks. for being here. So on. nice to talk with you. You too. Uh, we hope to see more of your beer around. And, and thanks again for taking the time with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers. All right, bye. Thank you. Thanks for hanging. All right. Well, I hope I get to meet them, too, at, uh, when we go to Hop and Brew School. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. You know, uh, go over to that brewery. I, I was actually looking at pictures. The brewery looks gorgeous, too. Really? In the middle of a hop field. Nice. And it looks like kind of like a big modern barn type of architecture. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. like a winery? Yeah. It yeah. actually looks a lot like a winery. That's cool. Um, really nice. So, bailbreaker.com. Uh, you can check it out. And... Uh, I really like those beers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, so do I. <laughs> right. Well, right. Yeah. And I, of course, I knew that. I was like, all right, well, IPA show for JP. And, and I never mind <laughs> an IPA show if they're if they're all good like that. Right. Um, you know, sometimes better than others. But I just, yeah. I kept thinking of people that always say, like, oh, I don't like IPAs. Like, well, you really? You just haven't had, you just... Something about IPAs you don't like, and they can never describe it. Yeah, they would like these beers. They're they would, really yeah. and he's thinking about me. That's nice. <laughs> no, even well, with you're the, one of those, <laughs> one of those. Even with the Imperial yeah. IPA I mean, one, I think you just like the good IPA. That's all. That's not don't don't. Yeah, apologize. Just like good IPA. Yeah. yeah, and now I would say that about IPAs, Tasty. Like you're saying, well, you just haven't found a good one, right? I generally would not say that about if someone says I don't like Imperial IPAs, I pretty much give up on them for Imperial IPAs. Like myself, right. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. For You're sure. not really, it's a style thing. It's an extreme thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, but then this one comes along. But what I would say is 
I understand that, but mm. try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like the old adage where where there's a beer for everybody, right? Even even in the more extreme styles, uh, like Imperial IPA. Yeah, uh, and I think Imperial IPAs have kind of gotten a, a, a bad rap to a certain extent, especially when when breweries were kind of discovering the style and trying yeah. to figure out what the style even fucking meant. Right. What does that even mean? Is it a double IPA or is it an imperial IPA? Remember that? We used to have that debate on the show sure, earlier all the time. Yeah. What is the difference between the two things? Now it's kind of filtered out and and a little more solidified and people understand how hops work now. And so if you're not a fan of imperial IPAs, I would suggest trying a couple now. Yeah. You might actually, uh, you know, not hate them. Yeah. No, now that, now right. that there's triple IPAs to push them below. <laughs> well, true. And, and the, the boozy, oh. super bitter beers. Now doubles can be drinkable. Yeah. Remember yeah. quad IPAs? <laughs> no. Retards. No. QPAs? Those, those, those already happened? <laughs> Belgian oh. quads and like, I'm oh, yeah, glad that we, that, the yeah. pendulum swung and then it kind of ratcheted back a little bit and then kind of went off in a 90 degree angle to cloudy beers but yeah. uh, I'm okay we don't have to revisit that portion of the world <laughs> live and learn quad IPA oh it'll all come back when yeah. your daughter's about 21 <laughs> she's going to be talking beer. to you about quad IPAs uh, Dad, again teach me how to brew a quad IPA I'm, yeah. I'm out yeah. my ghost. who are you my soul will leave my body <laughs> yeah all right. Well, well done, Bale Breaker. Uh, yeah. Those are some nice beers to drink and talk about, so I appreciate that. Um, all right. If you're looking for a place to get stuff so that you can brew your own great beer, go to greatfermentations.com. They're now offering specialized grain ordering. You can order any grain in less than uh, one-pound increments. Uh, perfect for specialty malts. You can ask to combine or keep grains separate even. You can even tell them to crush the grains if you want. Check them out at greatfermentations.com. And as always, Great Fermentations Provides top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Greatfermentations.com. Check them out. All right. We're going to take us uh, a little break here. When we come back, we've got a couple of things left to finish, which we will do with gusto. Hang right. in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection 
Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again to Bail Breaker Brewing Company for hanging out with us today and sending us some amazing beer. And speaking of amazing beer, don't forget about our friends over at Neshaminy Creek Brewing, which has been brewing award-winning beers in Croydon, Pennsylvania since 2012. Proud winners of four Philly Beer Scene Magazine Awards for Brewer of the Year and three for Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager winner, uh, 2013 and 2016, and then uh, bronze for their smoke lager in 2016 and 2017. They got a big ass tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating and seasonal limited beers. If you can't make it to Croydon, hit up their second location in Jenkintown called the Borough Brew House, which features a full menu and 22 beers on tap, including guest taps from local breweries, meaderies, as well as Pennsylvania cider. Go check them out at NeshaminyCreekBrewing.com. And when you stop in, tell them that we sent you. They, they're going to want to hear it. Uh, okay. Twitter game? Twitter game. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was drinking a beer. Jeremy will definitely want to hear yes. where you found out about And if it's from us, definitely. He will probably hug you. He <laughs> no, might kiss you. I don't know. Right. No matter where you heard about him, tell yeah. him it was from us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If you've been going there for years, tell him. Still tell him. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, what was our Twitter game today? Uh, well, our Twitter game was informing everybody that we are recording every action that you're doing while you're listening to this show. Right. And uh, it's within your best interest to just come clean and tell us now. God, how did that go? Um, it could have gone better. <laughs> I'll be honest. We got, um, I'm trying to find the third one. Mark it on the rest of you guys. Give me mm. a second, because uh, Twitter's weird now. Okay. It's weird, and... It's changed since it used to be, or... Are you still having trouble finding all of the answers? Yes, I'm still... Yes, exactly oh. right. And uh, because I, I I saw a thing, and then I didn't, and then uh, I tried to, to copy it, and then now I can't find... Oh, here it is right here. Do you need a moment? No, I got it right here. Oh, okay. Oh. My burps taste better after their hobby beers, too. <laughs> I noticed that, like, oh, in the middle of it. You checking all the boxes. I just yeah. was like, wow, that's, that's a lot better than the beer I usually burp up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's gross, but that's pretty funny, it crossed Justin. my mind. Those warrior hops. Yeah. Well, and that laurel, the way he described them, it totally makes sense how it kind of just is a unifier and has a floral freshness mm. to your beer and burps. 
Right. Yeah. Fresh coming, fresh going down and coming. I can't up. imagine <laughs> having a better way to drink beer than have the brewer describe it to you as you're drinking. I mean, oh yeah. Could yeah. Be better than that. Yeah. yeah. And he did a good job too. Yeah, Not everybody knows quite how to describe their yeah, beer, to be honest with you, which seems odd. Never but been wonderful. Yeah. Honestly. Field. Yeah, it could be better than that, Tasty. I want him to be pouring it into my mouth. <laughs> as he's telling you about it? Yes. I like I can, yeah. This could I like happen if you if, if you go to Hop and Brew School. God damn it. If, 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 if we go, can I can, can that happen? We have to record it and like... We've got to do video if we and, go anyway. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, my God. And 100% eye contact the whole time. Yes. Gazing <laughs> into so your eyes. Beer, uh, this was brewed. It was canned two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And it features uh, a heavy dose of Simcoe with a touch of most Mosaic, mm-hmm. um, and then I uh, fingered my butt and stirred it. <laughs> this yeah. is a three-camera shot because I, I need both of you and the mouth. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna have to get to work on that. All right. So, okay, you ready? The results are in. Yeah, we got some good ones. Okay. As a matter of fact, again, Twitter's is is weird now, but uh, it's all right. So, Steve uh, writes in. He says, uh, "Just listening." to the Brewing Network is embarrassing enough. Mm. He doesn't have to come clean with what weird shit that he does while he's listening. Good point. That's just it. That's a good point. Herman says, it should be obvious that if we listen to the session, that nothing we do is interesting. Ever. Okay, another good... Now, it took me a minute, but right? yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Is that a dig at us? That's super yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like a mutual, like, uh, let's, uh, like a suicide pact kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. We're in this together. Instead of suicide, it's, I'm just going to murder us both okay. with one bullet. <laughs> don't assume we have any pride at all. Uh, yeah, right. Jeff Covey says, you were only listening, not watching, right? Got it. Okay. God, I'm really slow today, or I don't know what. That okay. one was kind of gross. Like, yeah. Multi-levels. Yeah. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? It sounds like listening is too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Rogers writes in, says, mainly audio evidence of me stacking pawns. And I don't know, I don't understand if that's a, mm. some sort of, like, joke. I don't know either. Or if he's a... a P- pawn chess he plays chess player, uh, do you stack pawns I don't know man uh, maybe it was a misspelling hmm. oh. who knows <laughs> I don't know uh, Ryan T says every session I brew a quick lager fermented at 70 degrees while I do this I drink the one from last week so it's still hazy <laughs> I call them JP's haze lager but with an O lager that's pretty good. It's pretty funny. That's funny. Uh, Kira says uh, macrame, mahjong, and making pozzoli. Mm. Okay. And then uh, Patty's house ales and lagers <clears throat> writes and says, uh, me chanting, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, Bev's cool, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can't be right about everything. That's true. <laughs> well, now we have three we good suck. ones. Well, well and, we got and, too many good ones here. And then the last one oh, is uh, from Tyler. It's the last one. He says, everything I wish I could be doing while listening to a new Lunch Meat episode. Okay. Oh. All right. So okay. three good three ones. Good <laughs> <laughs> the first one. What's the first one again? Uh, the first one was just listening is embarrassing enough. Okay. Which I was going to give it to all the way until we got up to the the brews a lager every week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at 70 uh. degrees and keeps it hazy. <laughs> yeah. Which then I was thinking, okay, that one's pretty easy to give to the win. And then I like the this sucks, Chanting, this yep. sucks, <laughs> this sucks, Bevo's cool, this sucks. I agree. Uh, that's uh, it's yeah. definitely tough. This is, this is a tough one. There's a t-shirt in, this, in that last one. 
<laughs> that's a good oh, yeah, point. That guy's going to get a t-shirt regardless, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a shirt. I don't know. I guess I, I, we're going to have to vote. do? We're going to have to vote. I don't want to award <clears throat> somebody who brews a quick lager and then drinks it within a week. So I'll vote but for either of the other two. Uh, they encouraging the joke. Yeah, right. But it shows that they know us. Man, that right. one, that one shows the best that they, like, listen. Yeah. It's not even fun. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> it's not yeah, even yeah. funny, guys. Yeah. I have family who brewed a quick lager. I, it's <laughs> insulting to me. Don't... <laughs> Uh, you wanted to make me cry when I go home tonight. Uh, All right, well, there's five of us, so we can put this to a vote, I think. Everyone only gets to vote once. Man. Uh, so, are you ready to vote? Have you guys made your decisions? What was the first one again? I remember the last one. Just two. listening is embarrassing oh, enough. Okay. Right. Never mind what we're recording. Right. Yeah. No, okay. Just listening. Okay. okay. I've made up my mind. I think uh, Warren should go first. <laughs> I'm voting for the last one. This sucks. This, this sucks, sucks chant. This sucks. Okay. Yeah. Tasty also okay. this sucks chant. Tasty raised his ha- arm but at a forty five. Mike could probably straight extend up. that yeah. more to a ninety. It's, it's he's getting older. Yeah, he oh, has it's, he has an excuse. The shoulders okay. don't work. He has John McCain well. syndrome. <laughs> he can't elevate his, if, his arm. If he were a hundred oh, years younger, soon. I would allow it that <laughs> to criticize him. Oh, I thought in a haunted house? No, Tasty's reaching for something on the top shelf. It's fine. And John McCain's not raising any arms anytime soon. Oh, stop it. Actually, he was buried like this. <laughs> All right, Be- Beaver, what's, what's yours? Beam. JP, you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to vote for the last one, too. It's, okay. I'm going to do oh, that. Oh, four, four, four. Well, that makes, well, that it, makes a it a win. winner. And yeah. I didn't want to vote for myself, but I obviously was going to, because okay. I am cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just to know if it's unanimous or not, I was, I oh, was yeah. still teetering, but... I think uh, by a hair, this sucks. Yeah, I wasn't paying. It was yeah. this sucks chant by a hair. Yeah, yeah so. uh, right. And was what, that what Patty was wrote your, that in? Uh, yeah. Was what it? was your uh, follow-up? Congratulations. Yeah. What was your your? Uh, oh, what's um, the hair between? It was the. Uh, it's embarrassing enough. The first one oh. that we listened. Yeah, yeah, I would have gone the, the the quick logger. The logger. Yeah. Also. That was my number two. I mean, they were all right there. Yeah. If yeah. we weren't so cheap, I'd give them all a prize. <laughs> but <laughs> as they know since they've been listening for so long we are that cheap we got some weird broad in a fedora staring at us through the fishbowl right now <laughs> that happens oh. from time to time yeah. i'm not going She's to look not bad. you should look uh no i don't trust you i know i saw the you do this this, this lip her. thing every now that and then so when, you're, wrong. when you're trying she to keep like, a, a straight <laughs> she wasn't bad though she had to our fishbowl of a studio Maybe here can, at the Hop Grenade. Yeah. Watch, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be like your guys' friend. Or whatever. <laughs> hey, it's Katrina. What's up? Oh, Did you know that they're playing, they're playing tonight's show out there? Oh, so shit. Now, now they know. Damn it. God damn it. It was a dude. Uh, longtime BN homie Michael Fairbrother wants you guys to check out MoonlightMeadery.com. Moonlight Meadery, mead for any occasion. Uh, Moonlight Meads are the reference standards for mead categories in the BJCP style guidelines, if you didn't know that. And right now, you can save 10% on two or more two or more bottles by using BN Army. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at MoonlightMeadery.com slash shop. Wonderful, delicious, category-defining Moonlight Mead. Check them out and let them know that we sent you. Use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off two or more bottles. MoonlightMeadery.com slash shop. And thanks to Michael for supporting the program. 
And finally, if you're looking for a podcast uh, to help you with your marketing needs, the Branding Brews podcast is a deep inside look at everything that revolves around branding and marketing a brewery. Branding Brews interviews industry professionals covering in-depth strategies and topics like labels, packaging, websites, social media content, trademark, marketing, and more. Whether you're in sales and marketing, you own a brewery, or you're looking to start a brewery, Branding Brews is a podcast for you. Go to brandingbrews.com or subscribe to the show wherever you like to get your podcasts. And Ryan over there does a good job. Did our Springfest logo this year, as a matter nice. of fact. Our 10th anniversary Springfest Damn, logo. Dude. Yeah. It's a long time of Beb doing things. <laughs> that it is. Um, Me not. <laughs> I think it's only my fourth year. I think it's only my fourth year. Shut up. Shut up. Of what? Of doing the of festival? Doing, I mean, I've worked them all, but... Yeah, actually, don't be like, ridiculous. You've always you've like worked every like single one. A lot of stuff. Oh, like all the right. permits and all that yeah. stupid shit. Yeah, you stupid haven't crap. been the organizer the whole time. Right. But, no, uh, you, did, you you took over for for me. So however long I... Because when I had my surgery, right. that's when you oh. started doing all the yeah. food permits and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> And you haven't been to one since. <laughs> no, I went, I went last year. I went last year. You did? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he enjoyed it as a guest. I wasn't oh. going to go, and then my family showed up, and I was like, oh, fuck, now i got to come down. No, it wasn't Oh, last I thought year. you meant your family like showed before. up at your house, and you were like, i gotta, I got to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the place I, I ducked out the, the bathroom window. <laughs> uh, it was the year before, okay. when we were still living in Concord. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Now the commute's just too far. It's too far, dude. <laughs> Well, I am excited about it. I'm excited about 10 years. It feels like a real Number milestone. Uh, no, and it, it, we have such a great home here in the Concord. The original uh, home brew pouring uh, event. That's right. Yeah. We were their yeah. originators. I, I mean, yeah. especially for a, a, a beer festival, I think these days, to last 10 years yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Because they, I, I, there are a lot of work to put up. Look, if you guys have never put on a beer fest and done a good one, there are a ton yeah. of work, <laughs> and there's a reason. Well, they weren't all they, good. They kind of last anyway. three or four years, and then kind of go away. Yeah. yeah, but not this one. I also think we've grown it the right way, which was pretty darn organically. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that first like blowout year, which was just kind of more of a shit show than anybody wanted, yeah. and then sort of just grew it from there. You know, we're not the festival that sells out in eight minutes. You know, like Firestone uh, Invitational and things like that. We're also though not the festival that that tries to cram 10,000 people into a tiny no, place. Exactly. We You're have free. actually right. capped sales yeah. uh, for three years now. I have not increased. Uh, you know, we've sold out, and, and I just cap it because it, it just feels right in the park. It's just yeah. the right amount of beer being poured from the, the amount of breweries. The pecker ratio are it's right still good there. there. <laughs> um, so I, I, just, right. I guess I'm just sort of proud of those things, too, that we, you know, we didn't always sell out. We grew into that, and then we just kind of stay right in our groove there. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the BrewingNetwork.com is where you can get tickets, and they're 40 bucks while early bird tickets still exist. So get them. Come join us. Tasty's Tasting Room will be we'll there. Be full, full bloom, for sure. Pouring homebrew, and that'll be exciting. Uh, I have the entertainment lined up, too, actually. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Um, Four friends and Sam? <laughs> yeah. Come back? Well, both uh, guests, uh, former uh, interview guests on the Brewing Network, Lucas Ohio oh, Patty okay. uh, is back with a new album, Damn. and he's opening, and now you'll have to, you'll have to go back in your in your memories for this oh, one. Oh, shit. But um, I really... I went to school with this guy, and then we lost touch for a while. Uh, he's a great rockabilly artist, and he's been very successful. And, uh, <laughs> Brian Setzer. Uh, uh, the Royal Deuces. Mitch... 
Oh, man, I forget his <laughs> name now. <laughs> you can't remember name. the guy? Hedberg, I believe is his name. <laughs> I know his last name. I, <laughs> I completely know his last name, <laughs> and I have not... It's all the pressure. Yeah. Uh, Mitch and the Royal Deuces. Welcome to my world. Um, yeah. Mitch Polzak, for God's sake. Mitch Polzak. Mitch Polzak. You go to MitchPolzak.com. He Justin. sounds like a rockabilly guy. Also, by the way, happens to be co-mayor of neighboring town Port Costa. <laughs> <laughs> but he's my neighbor. Like, yes. Really, my neighbor. Yes. Port Costa, you can throw a, a stone across it. Why do they need a co-mayor? Right. The co-mayor is also the mayor. He just has split personalities. <laughs> is he? The he's backup? twelve years old. No. It's what? like twelve or fourteen years old. They have a child mayor. And then they have Mitch, the adult mayor. And I don't think that that's like in the bylaws that it has to be that way. But I think the kid ran and won, and so did Mitch. Couldn't sign the paycheck. And Mitch so, came yeah. in second to a 12 year old. Oh my God, no, that's no, the best no, they, story. They tied or something. I don't know. They're co mayors. I don't Man, know. Man, I'm trying to look it up right now, dude. Dude, I want to move to Port Costa. Because. I was trying to remember Mitch, and, and there's a cool bar in Port Costa called The Warehouse. The Warehouse. Yeah. And I'm talking to the bartender, and I was trying to remember Mitch, and I'm like, hey, and I knew he was the mayor, and I was like, hey, what's your mayor's name? And uh, she's like, which one? Bobby <laughs> And I'm like, well, okay, I don't know. What do you mean, which one? And then she was like, well, there's Mitch. And I'm like, oh, Mitch. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and, then, and then she's like, and then there's the boy child one. <laughs> I mean, kudos to her because I've even, I've met the conquered mayor and I couldn't tell you his name, right. yeah. Mr. Mayor. Right? Yeah, that's why they're called mayor. Guy who pours beer terribly. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a cool little bar uh, in Port Costa. I forget what it's called. It's like the head, he, he, Hog's Head or something like that. It's like a cocktail bar, oh. kind of like a high end food spot. The food's oh, really the good. Food spot I know of. I, I think it's like yeah. the Bull something. Sure. The both <laughs> I think you're both wrong, but uh, it is it is a fancy dinner place. That's how people are described Which to me, weird. not like a bar. Yeah, well, they have they, it, it's like the Dram Shop. I think is the cocktail bar. Okay, but it's like you know thirteen, fourteen dollar cocktails and 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 pretty good stuff. Okay, they have like a high end, you know. Forty dollar steak. Yeah, which is weird because pork yeah. cost is like two hundred people. Bull Valley. Right. Oh, it is. Okay. Wow. No, that doesn't sound right either. The Bull Valley Roadhouse. Uh, There's anyway, only two places in Bull Valley Road. She's right. The, the Dram Shop is the name of the bar inside Bull Valley Roadhouse. This segment sponsored by yeah. Wendy's. Go to Wendy's so, for all your needs. So, the, do you remember the Royal Deuces performing back when we were in no. the garage? He yeah. sang a song called "Paps Blue Ribbon Beer." I do remember. That. No, uh, I would have sucked him off if he did that. He did do it, and you <laughs> were there. there. Yes, was of I course him off? you were there. <laughs> there was a bruise I, on the back of your I head. Cannot <laughs> confirm or deny that he's a politician. Oh now. Yes. So sorry. I'm, I'm waiting until those pictures are valuable. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's anyway. I'm excited about the entertainment because Lucas Ohio no, Patty cool, and then the Royal Deuce is doing a little bit of rockabilly. Oh, that's a good line. Uh, I, I think like it'll that. be it'll be fun. We're changing it up a little this year. Yeah. From so Static our, and our didn't make the cut. They did not make the cut this year, but they played last year, and that's why. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And so, last week. Uh, and last week on the show, yes. Uh, so. Yeah, anyhow, uh, Lucas played a few years back, and so he's opening again. He's got a new album, and then I just thought it'd be cool. A couple of times, right? Hasn't he opened a couple of times? 
No. no. I think he played once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Schumann's various bands have opened a couple of times. Oh, God. Um, Trophy so. fire. Thank God that's one. over. Lucas has played in the studio here before. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. A couple of times, right? <laughs> yeah, man. So. I don't know. All right. Sounds good, man. I'm excited. So, thebrewingnetwork.com, get your tickets. Next week on the program, Secret Trail Brewing Company. In Feels studio. like you have to say it that Shh. way. Uh, where are they from? Do you know? Chico. Where um, they come from? Yeah, Chico? they're local. Chico. Excellent. Local-ish. There's yeah. also going to be a, an event going on at the Hop Grenade simultaneously. We will have six beers on tap. Ooh, well, oh. Well, Monty will be here. Okay. All right. We'll come on down to the Hop Grenade next Monday, then. Uh, that's, yes. Yeah. All right. For Secret Trail Brewing. All right, we're going to get out of here. Are you ready to get out of here, JP? <coughs> no. I forgot. Okay. Oh. Too much fun. You got? You don't have the things? No, I don't have the things, man. Well, I guess I'll play your song oh, anyway, and we'll just talk about you. Yeah, he is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I knew I was forgetting something, too. <laughs> Uh, we just listen to it all clearly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone be quiet, please, uh, while Sugar Valley Brewer dresses me down. <laughs> That's quite all right, JP. Uh, all right. Um, like I said, go to the Hop Grenade at Fort Collins if you're looking for some Pliny the Younger or other Russian yeah, River beers in Northern California. Also, you might want to pay attention to our social media here in Concord because there's probably another keg of that Younger going to tap in the next week uh-huh. or two, even outside of the party that we're doing. Uh, all right, that's it for us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Bale Breaker Brewing Company for being on the program. Thank you, Tasty, JP, Beardy, and Bebo. I appreciate you all, and uh, we'll see you next week. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. JP, then I saw Just comes up my sky and wind.